0: This is episode number 107 of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode we have Andy Shutterly. Andy is the founder of Peak Performance Sports Therapy, um, great, great human being here. Um, Andy is someone I've known for uh, several years now, and he does a active release technique um, on his patients. And I actually I actually had a reconstructive hamstring surgery back when I was in college. And I thought my career was over because even after the surgery, I was having so much pain and went to go see Andy and and literally have not had an issue since. I mean, he is it's it it is it worked that good for me. Um, So he kind of goes over and explains exactly what he does. Uh, in this episode and he has a unique story as well actually started out um, as a pilot and was um, was flying planes for several years and kind of doing this therapy thing on the side and then made that transition transition and he's been doing it full-time for several years now so um, really hope you guys enjoy this episode with Andy Shutterly (laughs) All right, and we are now live at Peak Performance Sports Therapy with Andy Shutterly. Andy, thanks for coming on today.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Patrick.
0: So, I've been coming to you now for four years?
1: Exactly. Playing uh Four at or Xavier, five years? Yeah. yeah, I was
0: started out at Z- uh, Xavier playing, um, had a few injuries. We'll get into how you fixed me up later on, but um, you've had an interesting work career not only now but uh, you did something way different prior to doing what you do now. Um, Can you give some of the listeners um, kind of your background?
1: Sure so uh, way back in uh, the 80s I was a marine pilot, flew C-130s all around the world and then uh, 1987 I knew a lady there in California and everybody's kind of into that there. She said Andy I think you'd be a good body worker so the next thing I knew, I was uh, taking classes in Traeger Psychophysical Integration, continued to fly all the way through uh, 1990 when I um, got out of the uh, – I had done an inter-service transfer to the Navy, got out of the Navy and continued to fly for uh, the Navy Reserves at Andrews Air Force Base, and then uh, was hired by DHL, cargo carrier, and uh, continued to fly. And then do this body work on the side, helping uh, athletes, non-athletes out of pain and getting them to uh, reach their peak levels of performance.
0: And then, y- But you flew privately, right, for like 18 years or something?
1: Oh, yeah. So I started flying in 1980 in the Marine Corps and finished my career in 2011 when uh, DHL shut their doors, at least for our company, for A-Star Air Cargo. And at that time, uh, I had a choice to go back to uh, flying. I would have been kind of at the bottom of the rung, you know, seniority-wise, wherever I went. A commercial? Yes, back to commercial. And, uh, but I decided to follow my passion, do this work that, you know, is uh, just uh, what I love to do. I love to see people get better after maybe trying a lot of different things, up to including surgery. And a lot of times I'm able to uh, help, A, prevent that surgery from occurring or help them get back on the field as soon as possible and and uh, have a lot of experience doing that, Patrick. So
0: would you say more than anything that you are someone who you, you would recommend going to if you're trying to avoid surgery or, oh, or yeah. post-op too?
1: Right, post-op as well. I see a lot of people post-op, you know, knee uh, ACL tears that, they're at 90%, and, uh, you know, physical therapists do a great job, but, you know, once you get released, you're still, you know, looking for that last 10% to get back to 100% or as close to as possible, and, and so I'm able to help those people get back on track and, uh, you know, full range of motion, get to back to, you know, playing college soccer, baseball, whatever it is. And uh, so that's what I love to do, and then the prevention aspect as well It's this work is hands down critical for, you know, any parent who thinks, you know, their youngster can go through, you know, uh, start at age seven and play sports throughout their career through a high school and college and not have uh, potential injury not only during their, those, you know, formative years and their playing years, but if they wanted to go to college and play, they're going to be taking injuries with them throughout that career limiting their performance and after that college career if they're not going pro they're going to be suffering the consequences of the overuse the injury that never gotten taken care of Uh, you know that calf strain the hamstring strain that you know limits their mobility throughout their life and then can cause the back pain you know all these other shoulder pain neck pain headaches that um, go untreated through throughout their life. And so we have to take care of it at ground zero prevention and then take care of it as it occurs.
0: We were talking a little bit before we uh, started recording here about how many uh, injuries are going on in youth sports and in high school and and in college and just kind of everywhere in general now. Um, Why do you think that is? Not just like, it's not just pitchers, it's, it's a little bit of everything.
1: Exactly. So I think coaching is critical. I think proper technique is like imperative to get kids to learn A, how to throw, how to hit. And so what you're doing, Patrick, is so you know wonderful for the Cincinnati community and you know, uh, to help kids learn how to do things the right way. And then we have multiple, multiple leagues and teams so a kid might play. One night on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, he's playing on the select side. And so it's great for the kid. They love it. It's their passion. But what's that expense at age 17 where they want to play in college and they can't because they just had Tommy John surgery or a labral tear that's going to decrease their chances exponentially from doing the thing that they really love, their passion. So, yeah, you know, I see it with swimmers you know, every sport, if you don't, if you're not having fun because you're injured and it's your passion, whether you're in ballet or soccer or anything, you're not going to have fun. You're not going to do it. So it's imperative that parents say, Hey, you know, I know you don't want to take 20 minutes out to foam roll, but you have to do it, you know, and let them learn that, you know, the foam roller, the, you know, the, um, you know the theraball, or you know the little crossball. That those are going to be their keys to helping them get through not only that day, that week, but for their future. You know that that they can take care of themselves.
0: Yeah, let's get into kind of what some of the things that you would recommend um, players do right now in terms of just injury prevention. Um, you know during the season, off season, just kind of just everything in general. Exactly.
1: So I think it's very important that uh, players, uh, you know, you just take the rehab model. So there's four phases to rehab, Uh, stretching, strengthening, uh, uh, actually normalize soft tissue is the first phase, stretching, strengthening, and then get back to normal function. So you should be able to take that same, uh, you know, procedure and put it towards your daily life. Okay. I'm going to stretch. I'm every day. I'm going to take 10 minutes of stretching. You know, if I'm watching TV, I'm going to foam roll. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do uh, strength work. I'm going to, you know, get my band so I can do 15 bicep curls or, you know, squats with the band or, you know, you go to a gym, you know, do that three times a week. So you have to be flexible and strong to help prevent injuries. And the one thing I would uh, say is you'd have to figure out what compensation patterns do I have right now that are affecting my gait, my performance? So you have a functional movement screen that I'm sure you could find information, you know, online. Okay, I do overhead squat. Well, I'm, you know, my hips are down low on the left side. Well, my, you know, my, uh, my quadricep group on the left side is overly tight along with my right glute. And so you can say, okay, I need to stretch you know, more on my left side and, you know, activate my left glute. So you can kind of figure these things out. And I, you know, I can do that as well. If, you know, anybody would be interested to get a functional movement screen, I can do that for them to help performance and decrease possibility for injury.
0: So you could do the functional movement screen. What's the difference between the functional movement screen and then just doing a TPI screen?
1: same same thing exactly exactly very thing. very yeah it's exactly they took everything from uh you know uh, greg cook and you know those guys and they combined all that knowledge and uh with that it's critical that you mentioned that as well the tpi title is performance institute you know and you're uh, you know you do the uh fitness and the uh you know the rehab aspect and i you know do the same uh you know with uh I don't do the rehab that's that's your yeah I know I do the rehab but you you do the prevention and get back to action Um,
0: yes one of the unique things that that you've done here and I've been injured in the past and I've you know worked with a lot of different people here is is doing you know kind of like what's on the wall the active release uh, technique where where after I had um, hamstring surgery um, I came in right, after about a <laughs> year, 12 to 14 months uh, post-op. You know, it was still, everything was intact. And I remember going to Dr. Kremchek, who's the, the Red's uh, doctor, and he said, you know, every, everything's fine. You're in, in intact, but, the, you know, the problem is, is, you know, you still need to, we still need to dig some more up in there. And I did Graston's. Right, right. It didn't work, right? And that's what the metal tools, and they're like, you know, to literally just taking knives and just, like, <laughs> jab them into your hamstring that didn't work. Like that didn't really help release any of the pain or anything like that. Even just manual, just hand, just regular massage. That didn't work either. Right. So he he actually sent me to gave gave me your number and had me come see you. And that's how we got in, in contact. And um, what I, how how do you go about like going going through that? Because we did some like really unique exercises. That I've never even seen before. And it all worked. I, I've
1: never <laughs> had a problem since. It's incredible. Yeah. So I think, Patrick, we did a lot of uh, active release techniques. So where you have that scar tissue, you would hold that area and put you through a range of motion, which is going to actually get that scar tissue, the adhesions to go longitudinally with the muscles, the fibers, the ligaments, tendons, and everything. So that's A. Then B, we did, I think we did some. Uh, really great stretching the guru of stretching is aaron mattis and uh, he does active isolated stretching which you hold for two seconds and it's active stretching which is like takes people's performance to the next level but i think the uh and then the neuromuscular therapy with um janet Trebell who was president kenny's physician she's mapped out every muscle every pain referral pattern which uh, you find those key spots and, you know, I, I was able to show you a couple of key spots that you could use that foam roller or the, uh, you know, lacrosse ball on that you can take care of yourself. So, yeah, those are all like critical uh, manual therapy techniques to help people expedite their return and then to help prevent injury from occurring, you know, um, to begin with. So, you know, potentially with your hamstring, you know, tear, There may have been like a compensation pattern that, you know, caused that hamstring to go. And I'm not, I can't remember the exact uh, injury. Yeah,
0: I was sliding uh, head first and did (laughs) the splits.
1: Well, forget that then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's (laughs) nothing cool about it at all.
1: No, that is cool. Yeah. That's fun. And then I,
0: yeah, that was a long. (laughs) That wasn't a
1: compensation pattern. Yeah. That (laughs) That is not.
0: But I, but I, but I mean, I think it's just, it's really unique and cool. Yeah. um, That, we're able to, or you're able to, really do something kind of different when it comes to, to doing those type of motions versus just the regular massage. Right. And even the thing is, is I did the lacrosse ball and the foam roller right, for right. twelve months. It didn't work. Yeah. Right. I, and that those like eccentric like movement patterns that we did. Yes. That you would have like the, yes. that was it right there. Right. The eccentric. And I know like sometimes that gets kind of people kind of talk negatively about it. I I see sometimes online, but I think I think that those were it.
1: Yeah, and then combining it with the other, you know, techniques and therapies. But I just want to mention that I had one client who uh, was referred by Dr. Kremchek. She had had a water skiing accident in August, physical therapy um, three times a week since then. It's now November. She comes to me, and she's on her back, can't laser raise her leg more than probably. She came in on crutches, wrapped everything. Couldn't raise her uh, foot more than probably seven inches off the table. And uh, she was a, uh, a dancer as well, um, you know, like a swing dancer and stuff like that. So uh, she was like, okay, let's, you know, I've been doing this for three times a week, physical therapy. And um, so I said, well, let's see what we can do. In one hour, she had her ankle all the way to her ear, walked out without crutches, no problem since then. So that's the type of work I love to do. You know, I'm not guaranteeing I can do it all the time because, uh, you know, some things that have been going on for years might take longer to actually get in there, release the key trigger points, adhesions, that type of thing. But it was pretty amazing, uh, you know, that 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 occurred. And, you know, a lady with seven years of back pain following a mastectomy and you know, I'd been to every doctor and uh, chiropractor down in Atlanta, Atlanta, uh, the Falcons uh, chiropractor and everything. And uh, I worked on it for 10 minutes. That was it. No pain in the scapula or the region after that.
0: It was similar. I mean, for me, it was pretty similar. I think it was we worked together probably four to six weeks. Yes. And after that, I never I came in probably once a month, maybe yeah. for about another year, two years, maybe straight. And I I just ever since after those four to six weeks, never another issue again.
1: Ah, That's great. You know, thank you. I mean, I
0: mean, um, let's let's talk a little bit about pitchers. Okay, there's a lot of pitchers out there.
1: Right. Right. And a
0: lot of, you know, parents are really afraid of of what to do for injury prevention. Is their kid throwing too much? Is he throwing curveballs at an early age? People ask me this all the time. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I'm more of a hitting coach right here, but I know that there's a lot of people out there listening who um, have pitching, have kids who pitch or currently are pitching or just a coach in general right and has to do you know both roles. So um, just kind of talk us through like what your what your thoughts are on uh, on pitchers and just keeping everything healthy and strong right. and intact.
1: Right, right. So a great resource is the uh, if you go online and check out the American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine, And uh, Jim Andrews, uh, you know, the world-renowned orthopedic surgeon is on that, um, is one of the uh, consultants. And uh, so they've mapped out all the different uh, pitch counts for different ages, when you should start, uh, you know, throwing different pitches, like fastball at age 8, plus or minus 2. Slider would be like age 16, plus or minus 2. And and so kids wouldn't get ahead of themselves creating situations where their you know, shoulder or elbow are going to be injured. Because once you have that injured, it's going to be really difficult if you pitch through it or even with rest only. It's not going to take care of it once you get those trigger points, adhesions. Yeah, once going. you go
0: under the knife, I mean, you're never the same. Right. I mean, I know people say, well, they came back stronger from Tommy John. Well, they also did – you know 18 months of, of rehab strengthening exercises you don't need to have tommy john to do all that stuff
1: exactly and
0: it's like me and my leg is like uh, it's never feels the same this entire leg the entire leg is a, mm-hmm. will always be tighter right well it won't always be as strong i mean it's just <laughs> the nature of the beast yes um what type of preventive exercises could they be doing to uh to prevent injuries
1: Right. So the uh, stretching of, you know, the forearm, the flexors would be huge where you hold that for, you know, I hold it for two seconds or up to 30 seconds, you know, get the extensors where you'd uh, bend your wrist and really get that stretched out. So that's critical. But the manual therapy, I mean, I've worked on a lot of the Reds pitching staff and uh, you can tell they're just their flexor tendons and their flexor mass is just like, so tight that if we could kind of release that on more of a regular basis, the injury rate for shoulders, forearms, everything would be just astronomically reduced. And then for kids and parents, you know, I think it's critical that they learn how to take care of, you know, their youngster, you know, whether it's baseball, you know, swimmers for their shoulders, whatever, so they can be doing the therapy, you know, once a week on the kid. And, uh, you know, I've got clinics that I can set up that would teach parents how to do that. And so within, you know, a three-hour block, you'd be able to go home. uh, You know, you bring your youngster with you and show you exactly, hey, this is his key spot. This is a stretch they need. And uh, get it really specific for that kid.
0: Yeah, I like that because so many parents would would – probably i mean i'm sure in an ideal world they'd rather take him to somebody like you but right just time it's a time factor i mean getting out of school at three o'clock and right there's so many other things going on they got
1: practice not, and then
0: well yeah i mean and
1: cost structure you know cost
0: structure and that but like the most important thing is you know schooling right, right? for them anyway i can't you know, my mind was was on baseball, exactly. but, but for most people, it's going to be going to be school for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then also get into I've been doing a lot of research really on, on just the back and, and scap and how. Yes, that, that's so important. Huge. Um, what do you what do you like to do with players who have shoulder issues? But you think it's more of a scat problem? Is it? Is it usually a strengthening, or is there something going on? Where they need to get on a table,
1: right? So a lot of times it's uh, strengthening to you know get the bands out, uh, get the proper uh, exercises going. But so many times through overuse, you're going to get those that scar tissue adhesions. So you free up that shoulder, you then you're able to you know stretch, strengthen, and get you back on track. And uh, yeah, so. It, a lot of the elbow problems that people suffer from, it's from tight thoracic spine and a malfunctioning shoulder. So, uh, you know, I just took this class with, a uh, world renowned physical therapist and, uh, he was working with Andy Roddick and, uh, Randy, uh, Andy Roddick had a servo like 156, and he goes, uh, you know, his staff, his team called, uh, Bob and, uh, said, uh, Hey, uh, Andy's got a bad elbow. We come look at him. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'll come and look at him." And he talks to Andy. He goes, uh, "How long has your shoulder been hurting?" And he goes, "Hey, didn't they tell you it was my elbow?" He goes, "Well, just how about your shoulder? How long has it been hurting?" And he goes, "Well, two years." And he goes, "Well." Uh, two years well let's let's look at it. he goes it should be hurting I'm serving 156 he goes <laughs> no actually you're, you're not supposed to be hurting no matter what you're doing you should not be in pain there's something else going on I think it's your shoulder let's work on it he took care of it done Wow yeah so that's the kind of you know thing we have to do is not look at just the area of pain or restriction but you know up and down the chain So
0: what's your thoughts on static stretching versus dynamic? Right. So I've I've heard of guys doing static right before games. Um, Yeah. And, but I know some of you, a lot of, it says, you know, do dynamic, but. I've also talked to people. Well, if, if a guy's has a bunch of energy and is so wiry, and you know it needs to like calm down and relax, like doing right. some stack before the game might help. Like
1: thirty second stretch, something. Yeah, like I that. mean, so I'm just watching curious, your what, what,
0: what are your thoughts on that? Well,
1: I think for uh, injury prevention and rehab and performance, it's dynamic. You got to do dynamic, you know, with movement. Um, you know, you know, holding that stretch for two seconds, you know, is what I do with the active isolated stretching but you know definitely dynamic stretching you get everything involved so when you get up to the plate or you you know you're throwing from center field you're not going to be straining something because you've already gone through the movement pattern whereas if you're just static more chance for man i'm not used to that and you get a strain or a sprain or whatever so what do you think about weighted balls uh yeah so just with uh you know i haven't had much experience with that but um you know, I think if you're just doing, you know, I'm not sure what the technique is on that, but tell me about it.
0: Well, I know with Driveline, which is um, a data-driven company facility, I should say, well, I guess company too, um, out in Seattle, Washington. They've they've really taken over the baseball world, it seems, and, and they really came out with, with weighted baseballs where it's similar to kind of hitting in the sense of just some some of the balls are heavier than a a five ounce baseball some are are lighter um there's different exercises and different like types of throws that they do um to help strengthen and there's been a lot of research done and it's been it's been really really good i think for uh, preventative injuries um some guys have gotten a lot stronger right and throw harder because of it and i think uh also, it's it's good for for younger players, not in the sense to gain velocity or throw as throw the weighted ball as hard as they possibly can, but to um, strengthen their arm for um, to prevent injuries as well. Exactly. And I know our our Reds in Cincinnati, I you know they're they're not really on board with the weighted balls yet. Um, I think I know I've said this a few times on the podcast before, but I know a couple of players in the minor leagues, and they they actually have to get to the field. At like 5 a.m. in spring training to do their weighted ball work because they're not allowed to do it um, On once, their, once a yeah. team gets there. So hopefully that'll change eventually.
1: Right. And then I think what you, you know, also is everything from your core. So when you use the weighted ball or the weighted bat or the weighted golf club before you play around of golf, it gets everything involved instead of just like, okay, I'm chucking, you know, with my arm. I'm, I'm actually using my whole body to um to to be involved and you know because if we're just like separate entities like arm leg you know it's not we're going to get injured so what we have to do is like think core and everything from the core goes right from there to the final release point or the final part point of the swing it's all core you know how
0: many days a week do you think someone should get work done, like I like come see you or if they if it's a parent and they know what they're doing, like right, right to have their kid get on a table and they do some manual, you know, work on them. how often should that be?
1: Right. So I'd say a uh, foam rolling and, uh, you know, the stick and those types of things that you can release on your own. I'd say that could be every other day, you know, or you could divide upper torso from lower torso. It doesn't have to be long either. No, five, ten minutes, you know, just hit those key spots. Uh, And then stretching every day, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes to, you know, after you've done a little bit of movement, exercises, you know, or with the the dynamic, you'll be fine. And uh, you'll just really feel much better in your movement patterns in life, and and you'll be uh, feeling much better. So highly
0: recommended. Plantar fasciitis. Um, another injury that you fixed that I had was the plantar fascia tear, yes, caused because of the hamstring surgery. I never stretched out the the calf or right. the Achilles, um, so I was in a boot for about two months, and um, had two or three PRP injections, uh, didn't work. Came came back, well, came back and saw you, and uh, of course you do what you always do. You fix me up. Um, what was h- how do you kind of go about? Doing the fixing plantar fasciitis or plantar fascia tear, I guess, was a little bit different than. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: So I think the main thing a lot of times is the uh, calf is super tight in the gastroc and the deep muscle is the soleus. And there's trigger points that refer right down, you know, to the Achilles and then, you know, into the uh, the heel itself. And so you once you get that um, calf release, the normal gait can come back to uh you know you might have to work all the way up to the hip and everything but um and then you have to get specific into the the plantar aspect and then release those adhesions that have built up over time and you know less is better because a lot of people get you know you get you can get over worked in there and become really sore so first session's always less see how they respond and then you can go deeper but I like what you, I remember doing laying on the
0: table and you, um, using your hands and I don't know, it was again, di- a lot different than like some other people I went to go see where right, you're right. like starting up hot, like working. Can you kind of go through how you exactly did that?
1: Yeah. So you have to examine the whole foot, how that's moving, see if there's any, uh, restriction in the, the, the tarsals and the metatarsals of the foot, uh, make sure that's moving properly. And then. Get into the, you know, the muscles and the, you know, the fascia of the foot and try to separate, you know, those main structures as far as the the uh, adhesions that may run along the uh, longitudinal aspect of the, the plantar and the muscles that go along. So,
0: it. like, would a slant board be a good idea? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely.
1: You can hold that for, or stairs, you know. Um uh, Dr. Rains recommends, you know, the stair stretch for 10 minutes where you just kind of let your heels hang off. And uh, But, you know, I worked on a lot of people that, you know, that doesn't work, so you really have to get the manual therapy. Okay. Or, you know, lacrosse ball to roll on yeah. the key spot, hold it, flex and extend your foot to get that to release. Okay. So, yeah.
0: For uh, parents out there and coaches in general, um, What what couple pieces last couple pieces of advice would you give give them?
1: Right. So I think the main thing, uh, regardless of age, up until you're professional and you know where you get watched pretty closely is for some organizations. What's that? For some or some organizations, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to really uh, uh, watch. uh, You know how much you're playing. If there's, a, if there's an injury, then ice it. You know, you use the old rice, uh, you know, uh, rest, ice, compression, extend, you know, and uh, elevate. So you have to do those things. Uh, once you get that kind of settled down, then stretching, like I mentioned, you got to get the soft tissue work either through foam roller, uh, exercise ball, whatever it might be, um, and then stretch, strengthen, and then get back to normal function. But I think overuse is like the key uh, to most of these injuries that kids are, you know, suffering from, not only kids, but college athletes and professionals. It's overuse. And if you have tightness restriction, then get somebody to work on it. Get somebody to show you kind of how to release it on your own so that you can take care of it. Because, you know, life is too short when you're 35 or 40 years old and you're like, man, I got this playing, you know, Little League baseball. I don't want to live like this. I just got a call from somebody who played college football at Dayton. He had back of knee pain in his teens and then through his college career. Then he got a, uh, he had like a cyst in his, um, right there in his meniscus. They took that out, replaced it with another uh, cadaver. But that pain is still there. He's been to everybody, everybody. And uh, I said, I think potentially that was an injury that started in your teens playing football and that we're going to find key trigger points, adhesions, restrictions that weren't related to the surgery. And so he's going to be back on track. And I'll report back to you on that one. But um, yeah, it's like critical not to live with things that, you know, are going to cause you a life problem. Then that's going to hurt his back if he keeps limping around for twenty you know, another twenty years. Then he's going to be to you know compressed disc. You know, and it's just a, it's a never ending thing. So you have to s- just like in flying, at any point along the timeline, you can prevent an injury. You know, a better brief, a better, uh, you know. Uh, Make sure all your radio aids or you know uh, frequencies are tuned up properly for the proper approach. The course is right, so uh, the mechanic that does the sign off on the airplane. So anywhere along that line, any accident can be prevented, unless you you know any accident. There's nothing that could happen that's not preventable. And they go back and they see what was the key cause of that accident, and it may be like three weeks ago. That the guy didn't get a good night's rest or the girl and, uh, you know, stress at home and then, uh, you know, flew all night and then came in for another trip. I mean, whatever the cause of that injury is, there is something you, you go back to and say compensation pattern. Let's take care of it. No, it's not your right Achilles. It's your left hip that's actually overly tight, and so we can, you know, work on the right Achilles all day, but once you get back into action, that right Achilles is going to go unless you take care of up and down the chain. So it's it's really like, you know, the FMS and any type of compensation pattern, you know, reading that you can do on yourself or have somebody really look at it who's professional and just say, hey, I'm tired of getting this recurring stress fracture. You know, I've had three. Or my vertebrae, you know, I've got a stressed vertebrae that uh, has kept me out from volleyball for three seasons uh, repeatedly. Well, no, you have to take care of the psoas, the back. That's going to affect the back. So these are things that have to get taken care of at the time. So it's
0: like Tommy John, too, right? Oh,
1: yeah. It's not just one big throw, it's like repeated, repeated. You know, and I've worked on people that, you know, have like super tight and they end up having. You know that 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 procedure
0: is that because of of so many throws at a young age you think
1: yeah building up building up and not the stretching or having manual therapy to kind of release those points
0: what about dead arm i know i i said that was the last question a couple questions ago but i keep coming up (laughs) with different ones
1: um dead arm right so dead arm is where the arm just doesn't feel like it can activate so you know there might be trigger points that are affecting that the movement pattern of that shoulder, of the arm, up and down the, the chain there. Um, also, uh, it creates instability in, the, in that area. So if you keep trying to do stuff, you might not be able to do much, but you might have more chance for like micro tears to the, the, the um, rotator cuff or the labrum. So it's really important to say, It's not just rest because once you get your rest done of six weeks, people do this all the time. They go, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, I rested this thing for six months and I go back for a two mile run and the pain comes back. It should have been gone. I go, "Nope, you know, that scar tissue, those trigger points were still there. So you have to take care of them. So rest is not the answer. You know, it's not just resting. You have to really get in there, work and uh you know find out what's causing the problem and take care of it because if you don't know the problem you can't fix it.
0: Andy really appreciate your time today Um, great stuff great content you know I know all the listeners appreciate it as well you're in Cincinnati um, so if you're hurting or if you got an injury make sure to stop by and see Andy. Um, I did and I was able to play another what three or four years because of that yeah I think three or four years so Um, yeah really appreciate it again we'll let you get back to work here and um, again great seeing you again
1: hey thanks so much patrick appreciate it
0: appreciate it